get higher, baby. Uh, get higher, girl. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> what does he do? Just say bass or freeze. What a tip. Paul, Marie, I've got a plan. So we take the car, we go to Gary's, we kill James. Sorry, James. Uh, we grab Daniel. We go to the Crawfoot, we have a nice cold pint, and we wait for all of this to blow over. Sounds like a plan. And for anyone that doesn't know us, then that will make absolutely no sense to anyone. But it's also a good time to introduce what we're reviewing today before they go back in the freezer. What credit yep. have you got there, pal? You're not showing the top? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so we've got the red Cornetto, so we're doing our review of Shaun of the Dead. With us this week, we have a very special guest, one of our newly formed Podpack Collective. It is Marie from Two Girls, One Reusable Cup Podcast. I, I'm so bad. I always feel like I'm going to mess that up. <laughs> it's okay. It's a mouthful. <laughs> yeah. So Marie, do you want to tell us a wee bit about your podcast and where we can find you? So yeah, um, I'm the co-host of a podcast called Two Girls, One Reasonable Cup. It is a podcast all about living your living a low-waste lifestyle in your 20s. So we cover issues related to sustain and sustainability. So we uh, did one on smartphones. We just recorded one about palm oil and um, some are fashion-focused because that's my background. And you can get, uh, you, we are on YouTube and all other major podcasting platforms. It's actually quite interesting because uh, I usually listen to like movie ones and uh, sports ones. So there's a wee bit out there for me, but it's quite enjoyable. Oh, I must admit, I've still bought a couple of things off Shein. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm not, I've not listened to that one yet, but I've still bought a couple of things off Shein. Leaving. <laughs> oh, good going, Paul. If you haven't listened to it, I'll give you the benefit of doubt. But if you listen to it and still... I according to my co-host beth apparently i came across way too harsh in that episode but um it i get very fired up about sheen yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm i'm pretty te- i'm pretty terrible morally to be fair like i'm one of these people um i watched blackfish and i still went to sea world after it i'm sorry i did i was completely traumatized okay <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, sorry. There's, there's a couple of things I noticed. We're we're ruled out the kind of demographic for that podcast. Now that we're in our thirties, Paul. <laughs> um, I've be honest, okay. I've not checked out yet, but I'm definitely going to listen to that episode now. I also realised I've been saying the name of that business wrong multiple times. Uh, I've been calling it Sheen. No, it is Sheen. He's been calling it wrong. Then. <laughs> You made it sound French. (laughs) (laughs) I'm very exotic. Anyway, right, before the zombie apocalypse gets upon us, um, we'll just jump in after. Um, So we're Seismic Cinema, and you can follow us on Facebook, X, Instagram, Threads, and TikTok. You can listen or watch on YouTube, Spotify, and all the other platforms. You can support James in getting his microphone. Uh, Buy me a coffee. And as we mentioned, we're part of the Podpack Collective featuring Chat Tsunami, Cast and Views, Review It Yourself, who we had on last week, Two Girls, One Reusable Cup, Nerdstalgic Podcast, and Stop, Drop, and Roll Initiative. 
Okay, so yeah, that's the, the kind of intros done. Um, just in terms of our recent episodes, we just dropped our Seismic Soccer episode four. And coming up, we're going to be reviewing The Dark Room, directed by our friends Kenny Scott Guffey and Jake C. Young. Uh, we're doing Titanic, and Paul's looking forward to that one. And then Seismic Soccer 4. That's the plan for February. Got a great film about February. <laughs> right, guys, before we get into the review itself, I think it's only fitting that we talk a wee bit about our background with the movie um, and our background in general with the likes of Peg, Frost, Edgar Wright and Co. Um, it's always interesting to see what everyone's story is like. So, Marie, do you want to start us off? Like, how did you, when did you first uh, watch this and what other ones have you checked out? So I've seen the entire Cornetta trilogy and I think... I think Shaun of the Dead was the first one. I'm not 100% sure. Sure, I don't do well with horror. And um, even though I know this is more comedy than horror, but I'm a big Freddy cat. So when I watched it, I did like have to have like my brother next to me as like emotional <laughs> support the very first time I watched it. And, um, but it's been ages. I, yeah, I don't know when I first saw it. And uh, I've seen it many times since. It's one of my favorite movies and also the one where, when people go, can we have a scary movie night? I go, Shaun the Dead, please. <laughs> <laughs> so just so I know what's coming. But yeah, I rewatched it last night in preparation for this. And it's like, it's still brilliant. And I have to say, not my favorite of the Cornetto trilogy. I think that Ooh. has to go to Hot Fuzz. I really like Hot Fuzz. I just, uh, I quote it all the time. It's um, just great. World's End is at the very bottom. And then like Paul is like an honorary mention because <laughs> right. the, dis uh, the distant the distant cousin of the Cornetto trilogy. Exactly. I kind of count it as the Cornetto trilogy, even though it's technically not. Great but... movie though. We should review Paul at some point. That's a good idea. Yeah, I'm not seeing that in years. Yeah, it's one of my favorite comedies. I love it. Yeah. Get you back one for that movie here. Yeah, <laughs> too. That's more of a kind of summer movie, I would say, kind of road trip. So we could do that. Um, so I guess you got one. So what else have you seen? Have you seen Spaced? Are you familiar no. with Spaced? I don't think I have. So Spaced is the TV show that Edgar Wright and Simon Pegg made before Shaun of the Dead. Oh. And, it, and it features quite a lot of kind of secondary actors and things as well. It's definitely worth a watch. There's only about 14 episodes. Um, it's really good. I'm not sure if uh, we'll, we'll go on to Paul. I'm not sure if Paul's seen it. Just another distant cousin of the Cornetto trilogy. Sh uh, run, Pat, boy, run. You seen yeah, that? I have seen that. <laughs> it's I been ages, that. though, but I have. I, lo I, lo I love that movie as well. The only thing I can remember is a big blister on his foot. That's it. <laughs> it's worth more than that. What about you, Paul? What's your Shaun of the Dead story? Uh, when did this come out? It was like 2004 or something like that. 2004, yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be honest, I hadn't really heard of Diamond Peg, I don't think, before this. I hadn't really heard of any of them, really. I think when I first heard like the name Shaun of the Dead, I thought it was just kind of a a rip-off of Dunedin, like a, like a cheap parody kind of thing. 
like you know, like guys' films like Pacific Rim, and then there's a cheap knockoff in the supermarket later. It's called like Atlantic Rim or something like that. Um, I thought this was just going to be like a cheap kind of rip off of the name. And then I think I seen in the news that it was kind of getting like rave reviews and stuff, and they're playing like trailers and stuff on TV. And I was like, yeah, I might give it a bash. And I watched it, and outstanding, outstanding. But um. Yeah, just way back then, I think I watched it. I think when I was still in school. Uh, probably wasn't uh, bright enough, well, probably not bright enough now, but uh, to catch all the wee, uh, all the wee kind of foreshadowing bits and stuff, I think I just watched it for what it was and I thought it was really funny. And then, even when I watched it tonight, kind of to review it, I was catching bits I'd never caught before. There's just so many wee tiny bits and pieces, so. Yeah, same. Yeah, yeah so yeah. back then I watched yeah. it, but. Yeah, it was like the it's like the Leonardo DiCaprio gif that's always around, like oh oh, foreshadowing. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> that was me watching the movie. Um, I was the same. There was things I'd never like, kind of clocked onto before that um, I did this time round. So what about the rest, Paul? Obviously, you've seen Hot Fuzz and Worlds in. You know, have you seen Space? I think I've seen like an. I think you made me watch an episode of your house or something. Uh, so so like I actually screen. watched it. I think it's on your box set or something. You got the box set. I've got the box set. You can borrow yeah. it sometime if you want. You'll never see that again. Uh, you've you've returned all the things you borrowed recently. I, I make a note of it. Oh, thanks. I'm doing better. Um, so not seen spaced hot fuzz. Like maybe you're saying, I love hot fuzz. That's probably my favourite. This is probably second. World's End. I'm just not a fan of. It's just a bit too out there, and I don't feel it's as uh, cerebral. As these two films, so, but that's just my opinion, and who cares about my opinion? A hot fuzz is my favorite, but I'm a big defender of the world's end. I think it's, I think the first half hour of it is like fantastic, and I think it's got really kind of deep messages, um, and it touches on a lot of serious issues. As one ad, obviously, we need to complete the Cornetto. We've reviewed hot fuzz before, and um, I'd love to do a, a world's end review at some point. But anyway, this tonight is all about a Shaun of the Dead. So I think it's time we get into the review itself, Paul. We've tried lots of different things. We've tried going beat by beat. We've tried going character by character. I've decided the kind of broad categories will be dialogue. So talking about a lot of the the witty dialogue, um, foreshadowing, which we've talked about, one of my favorite filming um, areas, and the kind of editing techniques as well, which is a big part of... Um, the movie itself so that's the kind of broad categories but i'm sure we'll kind of spitball into talking to a, a wide range of different things so if we if we start with the the dialogue aspect marie there's obviously so many different um lines to choose from is, is there anything in particular that stands out from the dialogue oh i mean obviously we've or... got the the very the, a lot of one-liners. I mean, you've got red on you. That's repeated. And then, of course, have you ever... And what's the matter? You've never taken the shortcut before. Mm. And then, of course, the most genius bit of dialogue. And I think we'll get into this in the foreshadowing section. But Ed says the entire plot of the movie in like the first mm. 10 minutes. And I, I, I want to say I found that out on my own, but... I only read that online and then I rewatched it and I'm like, oh yeah. 
Like I did not catch it like the first time I watched it. Oh, what bit's that? I think I completely missed that. But it's just He's just in the Winchester at the start. And not at the start. Uh no, it's when he um mm-hmm. he gets dumped and they're sitting in the bar and he's talking mm-hmm. about what they could do to cheer him up. Oh, okay. I must have missed that. Oh, I'm so stupid. It's like inviting yeah, back. <laughs> well, it's like back to the bar for shots, and then at the end they have the shotguns at the bar. Oh, right. Okay. Right. Got you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sorry. It's all right. I'm, I'm glad you, you you two have enlightened me. Thank you. <laughs> so that's a two really good. Um, that's a dialogue there, Pauls or. Any big standouts for you? Uh, I kind of like the bit, you know, when they're playing, is it Time Splitters at the start? And he's like, top left. And he's like, uh, what is it? Behind or something? No, reload. I've got it. Uh, sorry, top left. And then nice shot. And then uh, when they're in the bar fighting, uh, and when he finally gets the, the rifle, and Ed's directing him like the same way that he was directing him playing the video game, like top uh, left, reload, nice shot. I didn't catch that one. Ah, yeah. Oh, uh, that's, that's, I, caught that one <laughs> I caught that one today. Um, uh, and I just like the wee kind of the daft wee bits, you know, like at the start when they're when like Liz and Sean are talking about Ed as if he's not there, and then he turned around, yeah. and Ed's right there, and I was like, sorry, Ed. And that then. Seems, uh... Yeah, and then like Sean's like, it's not like I don't like Dan and David, <laughs> and it's like, sorry Dan, David, and they're sitting right there. And it's like it's okay, just a few things. It's just like it didn't have to be there, but um, I appreciate it as there because it could just be like a daft zombie film where it happens and they're just running. That's it. Whereas they just have these wee moments and they're just gold. It reminded me of that bit where they're, they're talking about um, David, who who's a likable actor in other things he's in, but not in this one. But it's like um, something about he looks like a chartered accountant. He's like, I'm not a chartered accountant. He's like, well, you look like one. And it, when then what was the other thing he said? He's a twat. Do you remember that bit as well near the end? Yeah. I was like, I was like, does my dad look like him? Because in context, my dad's a chartered accountant, so. Uh, nah, Billy's definitely not a twat. Thanks. We like, we, we like Billy, so. Um, <laughs> Maria, anything else coming to, to mind at the moment? There's obviously so many. It's just in terms of packaging them. I mean, Not dialogue, but I do really relate to Sean writing sort life out on the fridge after <laughs> he passes out. I think uh, that's um, like genius, and I think I've written that to myself quite a lot of times. <laughs> um, I I actually did that at but, my my friend's house once. Uh, we were went back to our pal uh, Chris's house after a night out, and I actually wrote the full thing on his fridge. Um, so he must have been confused when he found out the next day. <laughs> and the next day he turned his life around. <laughs> well, maybe, possibly. <laughs> um, did you know? Did you know the bit of trivia 
with a uh, you know when I was going to call him Simon, but obviously it's a uh, Sean. Your pal Simon. He, aye, my pal Simon. Yeah, when he's on the uh, <laughs> when Rafe Spall's on the phone and the uh, and his and his work. Yeah, yeah, young Rafe Spall. Um, see when he's on the phone. Do you know mm-hmm. who's on the phone too? Is he talking to Ed? Uh huh. Is he a noodle? Uh huh. God damn it. I thought <laughs> that. I was like, I was watching it today. I was like, huh. He's having the same kind of, he's using the same words uh, that Ed used on the phone. Yeah. Because he talks to him again near the end when they're outside the Winchester. Nice. Did you, did you catch that, Mary? No, I did not. Because he's like, what is he saying? He's like, he's like, yeah, he's got, he's got nothing. He's only got a Henry. And before the end, it's like, oh yeah, I've got nothing. I've only got a Henry for myself. Like, I don't know what Henry is, but I'm assuming it's not good. <laughs> Did you? Um, I, I, I thought you might have known that one. Yeah, no, I know. No, I just noticed it today. I love that no, song. That's, that's a good one. Um, I'm just trying to think of other ones. Yeah, uh, I only I've found... seen it so many times. So many. Yeah. It's crazy, isn't it? Like it's only films you love, and just there's so many wee bits to it. But like, I don't know. I'm going to keep going back to it because I absolutely despise it. But see that Rebel Moon film we watched? <laughs> like it was just so like slap in your face, just not anything uh, like clever about it. But this film is just so like yeah. layered and has so many bits and pieces to it. It just is astonishing for like a small budget film, and you get a big budget oh. film like that. And it's just honking. That reminds me, I forgot to do my stats, Paul. Thank you for the reminder. So, yes, sir. This film is um, about the uneventful, aimless life of a London electronic salesman and his layabout roommate, um, and their life is disrupted by the zombie apocalypse. I like that intro. Uh, that, this was shocking, by the way. It's only got a 7.9 on IMDb. I thought that was awful. Um, what are you comparing it to though what's what's around the 7.9 mark I don't know but I'm still annoyed at it I feel like it should be a lot higher than that Uh, what else did I note the budget was 4 million you were talking about the budget and uh, it made about 38.6 million so did pretty well I was just going to say, wasn't there like a story, I might be completely making that up, that all the extras who played zombies, they were just paid a pound? No, I heard like that. I heard, I heard like that on a YouTube like video. Yeah. On... Yeah. yeah, they advertised on the radio and then like they were paid a pound. <laughs> uh, like, shuffle. Uh, I think they had, to, I think maybe legally they had to pay them. That's why they gave them a pound. Oh, right, is that kind of just a loophole kind of thing? Mm-hmm. Ah, I see. I definitely see if somebody offered you a pound to be in that movie. Would you do it? Yeah, yeah. I'm got, you, I'm got to... mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm I mean, I, I've I've been an extra once. <laughs> yeah, oh, I've I'm been an extra that. once in a TV series, and the scene got cut. So I don't know if it was just me. Because yeah, I, I looked at the, when the TV show came out, the scene was missing. So I was just like, ah. <laughs> like, what, what show was maybe it? Maybe just fat. Maybe, I was so uncomfortable. So, 
It was a German show, so I was an in I was a costume design intern on a German miniseries called Bella mm. Germania, which was released on CTF, which is like the public German television. And yeah, um, they asked me if I wanted to be an extra, and I thought, yeah, this is an experience I want to have, and hated every single second of it. Like it, it, yeah, it's like <laughs> much more comfortable behind the camera. <laughs> Oh well, that's still one more time than we've done it. Yep, your autographs way more way more uh, valuable than ours. <laughs> I'm glad we didn't get to be um, extras on the Black Mirror episode. It was an Inverary poll. Ah, oh, we're a bit too late with that, weren't we? Weren't we? <laughs> a bit too late. Right, should have got married earlier. Should have got married earlier, son. I know. It's becoming really difficult to stay in one lane. So the next thing I wanted to talk about would be more classes for shadowing. So I guess we can dip our toes into that. I only found this out yesterday. It was, um, you know, when they're they're DJing and Pete chucks the record out the window. Oh yeah, yeah. Which which is another quote I love. That's the second album I ever bought. That's very lame. Um, I didn't realize that they found that in the garden later when <laughs> they were going through the records to throw at the zombies. Uh, that okay. was what that that was one of the records that was in the garden. And then poor poor Mary got it. Not yeah. Mary. Poor Mary. That's how they got the idea. Do you know she's in the opening scene? <laughs> yeah. All the zombies are in the opening scene now then. Uh the opening mm-hmm. montage, yeah. Because it's obviously meant to show that we're all very zombie-like already with the mobile phones and just kind of getting through the day. Because uh, I didn't even notice that, to be honest, either. I must be. I must have watched this with my eyes closed most of the time when I was younger. Um, you see him on the bus at the start. Is that because you were scared, no, Paul? Probably. That's... Uh, it stood out to me, but it was also interesting because that was a time before smartphones, so we're even more zombies now because everyone was just on their flip phone. Like... <laughs> Oh, so it, it was interesting social commentary, even at, like yeah. a bit at yeah. its time. I'm sure I've seen, was that in one of our group chats that somebody posted a, a picture and it was like a, it's not a, a cartoon, but it was like of the Titanic going down, but all the people were in the phone, in the water with their smartphones uh, filming it. Because that's the way society would be now, just like instead of saving yeah. themselves, would be filming it. Facebook Live. Okay, so I've got another fun fact about Mary. Um, so Mary is the, well, the actress that plays her is actually in the AA scene at the start of the World's End. So when Gary King's at the the AA meeting, she's sitting beside him, which is a uh, quite cool. There's a lot of uh, recurring recurring actors in the films. Paul, was there any other like cameos or kind of recurring Cornetto trilogy actors or actresses that you spotted in here? Uh... Martin Freeman, see one? Yeah, yeah, he's in the World's End, so yeah, that's right. Uh, Martin Freeman. Uh... How how good's that scene, by the way, when they're they're like passing each other and it's like they're doppelgangers essentially. I know it's pretty funny and it's quite good as well because they've got good um act like British comedy actors in there. Mm-hmm. So you got Martin Freeman. Yeah. Uh... So Martin Freeman, and am I right in saying, because I, I watched a fair bit of The Office, but Martin Freeman and Lucy Davis were both in The Office? Aye, that's right, aye. Yeah. I think I've seen that. Because I was looking through 
you know, like when Prime and it gives you the wee X-ray bit and it tells you who's been doing what. And I seen they're both in the office. Um, it's got some funny names. Like, see, you know the that you're talking about Mary in the garden. Uh, you know the big uh, zombie that turns up. Mm-hmm. He's just credited as the hulking zombie. <laughs> Although that I went a bit weird though because it said that Edgar Wright directed the Last Jedi. Imagine that. Star Wars reference, number yeah. one. Got it in there. Yeah. Um, so I think who else? Well, there's um, was Jessica Stevenson now. I think it's Jessica Hines. Um, you know the his kind of uh, is it his ex girlfriend in the film? Oh, and the, the one he, the, the one he meet. No, no, no. The one he meets earlier on in the film, and they're talking about oh, like. Huh? Yvonne, Don. the leader of the group. Yeah, yeah. All right, okay, got you. Yeah, yeah. So she, she's the main, she's the other main actor in Spaced. So her, her and Peg are the leads, the leads in Spaced. Right, okay. I was wondering, I did think that maybe she had something to do with Spaced because she's quite uh, a prominent character. And this is if they really uh, quite it, well. It's kind of, it's kind of like this is like. Uh, Tim Beasley, who's the character in space, it's kind of like this is his life further down the line. Yeah, and she has like a recurring uh, thing as well, doesn't she? Because it starts, she's like, oh, I'm glad somebody made it because he's like in a relationship Aye. with Liz. And then at the end, yeah. she's just like, I'm just glad somebody made it. Like, because yeah. they made it out of the apocalypse. Like, there's a bit, um, you know, when Liz is dumping Sean and she's like, I'm going to have to do something. He's like, what do you mean, do something? And then that uh, Liz says that later on, like towards the kind of climax of the film as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a good one. Back to the kind of characters. I'm just trying to think of who else. Obviously, there's Bill Nye, who's in Hot Fuzz at the start. Superintendent he, or something. And yeah, and he's the he's also like the kind of big bad, I suppose, in the world's end. He's the network. He voices the. The network oh. at the end. Didn't realize he did the voice for that. Uh, there's obviously Ray Spall, son of Timothy Spall, um, e.g. Wormtail from Harry Potter. And then we're joined by Marie. Hello, Marie. Sorry. I think because there's a storm going on, <laughs> something is not working right. But hope. <laughs> there's, a, there's a storm going on here. Hi. That is no helping. Storm here in Stormer, Portugal. So we were just talking about. Um, recurring characters through the through the series. So we're talking about Martin Freeman. We're talking about Yvonne, the leader of the kind of doppelganger group. And you were just talking about race ball, weren't you, Colm? Yeah, uh, he's obviously in Hot Fuzz. He's one of the Andes. He they're is one of the Andes. They're both called Andrew. Um, he's also he's also got a cameo in The World's End. Um, Martin Freeman's character is a real estate agent and he gives Ray Spall a tour of one of the houses. Oh, right, okay. Didn't realise that. Um, I'm trying to think who else. Uh, this is my, my t-shirt for reference. I'm wearing a Coldplay t-shirt because Chris Martin has a cameo as a zombie uh, towards the end of the film because he's good friends with Simon Pegg. Yeah, I never noticed him. I never noticed him as a zombie in the film. uh, It's quite obvious when you know. It's quite obvious. Um, Is Chris Martin and Simon Pegg is one of them not like the god 
father of the other's child. Is Simon Pegg maybe not the godfather of Apple? Simon, uh, Chris Martin's daughter? Could be making know. that up, but I'm sure that's the thing. I know. I was like, oh, do you want to meet my god, my goddaughter, Apple? <laughs> that is her name. I'm pretty sure that's her name. Is Apple, I, is, I knew uh, somewhat. Yeah. Is Pete in anything? Oh, yeah. Pete's in space. Oh, is he? Okay. Um, he's also. Sort your fucking life out, mate. He's also the voice of Darth Maul. That's right. Star Wars. He's in John McClane. Yeah. Um, he's in Guardians of the Galaxy. So he is. Oh, yeah. In the Nova Corps. Yeah, uh, he's brilliant. Um, and uh, by the way, I saw myself so much in him. See now that I live with people. See when he's like, and the front door is open again. I was like, that's me. See, I'm the person who left the front door open. <laughs> oh no, oh no. Uh, I was like looking into I'm, a mirror during that scene, by the way. And I'm the guy standing in the back going, oh, what a prick. See when you watch that, <laughs> see when you watch that film when you're in your 20s and in your teens you think he's the bad guy but see now he's actually pretty on the ball like you've got somebody living with you who doesn't work doesn't pay anything towards the house they're leaving mess everywhere i'd be on his case as well i'm pete (laughs) 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 team pete no i agree Uh, also especially uh, if you lived with messy housemates you just know how that feels mm -hmm. yeah can't handle that also that that bit we're talking about the the, he's playing the game earlier it's like Player two has entered the game. And he's like, Do you not have work? Player two has left the game. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a horrible feeling when to having to go off to work while uh, he's sitting in the house. <laughs> so, Marie, you were saying there's lots of quotes from this that you reference a lot in everyday life. What what are some of the ones you your your kind of go tos? Yeah, I mean I mean, we do listen quite uh, to a lot of records. So, the <laughs> the Batman ro- record, chuck it, throw it. It's just, um, and yeah, and the what's the matter? You've never taken the shortcut before is one that we yeah. say to each other all the time. Um, it's also brilliant that that scene is in every Cornetto trilogy, but yeah. trilogy, but it's different every single time. It's just. <laughs> Although I think my favorite one is Hot Fuzz. Where... I wouldn't. <laughs> Nick <laughs> Frost falls. See, when you're talking about the fence scene, it just reminded me of another scene was really funny. See, when Simon Pegg has, is trying to check if, like, what the situation's like, but he goes up the wee stairs on, like, the kid's uh, slide. <laughs> I, I, I just thought that bit was brilliant. Just the camera is brilliant. Like, just the, don't see him. It's just, amen- it's just amazing how they balance the comedy... But also kept it kind of serious as well. Like you still feel the stakes that, like, his mum dies and all this kind of stuff. Um, there's a really kind of poignant scene in the car when he finds out how his stepdad really feels about him. Uh, and being a stepdad myself, it was the bit where he's like, "He, he was my dad, but it's not him now." That kind of bit. Um, I thought that was actually quite a hard hitting scene. Colin, I was saying about your stepkids. Uh, so see like if a zombie apocalypse happens. Do you think they'd be quick enough to come around and do you in my cricket bat if a zombie probably, apocalypse? Probably, yeah. Aye. Must be a good stepfather. Oh, I just thought of one. Um, 
See when his mum's making him tea and he's like, I've not had he's like, I've not had sugar in my tea since nineteen whatever it was. Um, but, but at the end of the film he starts taking sugar in his tea again. Loving life on the wild side. <laughs> That's like me. I don't I don't have sugar in my tea anymore. No. <laughs> so what are your favourite scenes in the movie then? Like actual scene scenes? My favourite scene. Uh up. It's got to be when they're listening to Queen and just like beating people up with the pool cues. Like, um, I, I heard a bit of trivia about that scene, so they weren't able to play the song like live in the bar because it would have upset other parts of the sound. So they all had earbuds in listening to the song, <laughs> and, and and apparently, like, the they choreograph the dance essentially they're doing while they're. They're they're beating up beating him up with a pool cue. Yeah, I heard that one too. It's one of my favorite facts. Yeah, Parker Wright is so good with like music in his movies, and yeah, I think Don, I think the Don, Don't Stop Me Now is like also one of my favorite scenes. Mm. They, I was watching an interview with Simon Pegg, and he he said that this film was a wee bit of a kind of precursor to Baby Driver. How the there's like a there's like a word for it where the music the characters are actually hearing is in the. Oh, did James not say that last week in the predator review? He might have done that. Digest, digest, digest. Something, something like, like that. Yeah. that. Digestic music yeah. or something. I can't remember what it's called. Um, James will no doubt uh, slaughter you if that's wrong, but um, <sighs> yeah. So he, he did kind of make that kind of reference to Baby Driver. Uh, talking about cars, it just made me think of the scene where uh, I've always wanted to drive Pete's car, then he just crashes it, and he's like, what was it he says? He's like, um, oh, we're just going to have to take the jag. Although that move, it does make you a little less sympathetic towards Ed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this whole movie, Ed just makes an arse of everything, doesn't he? Like, see, watching this, this time around, I'm just going... He's such a liability, man. He keeps ah, uh, leave him alone. He's, he's, he's like anytime anything happens bad, it's his fault, pretty much. Mm. Like in the pub, he plays a puggy, and all the zombies come. Um, what else does he do when they're outside pretending to be zombies? And then his phone goes, and he has to take sit down and take a call in the middle of the the plan to jump in the Winchester and stuff, and it's just like. Ed, why? Even when they're getting out the Jaguar and the child locks are on, he just stands there looking at them rather than opening the doors. Uh, the car bit reminded me of the bit where they they run over the guy and they stop to check if it's a zombie. It's oh, thank God for that. <laughs> just zoom off. <laughs> just drive on. But also how like uh, Simon Pegg delivers that line, just like very like. Are you okay? Like very <laughs> shyly. <laughs> oh, thank God for that. There's a couple of bits. Um, the football boy. That's actually what he's credited as, boy with football or something like that. Um, remember when he's kicking the ball about and um, Sean just goes, "You're dead," and then obviously he he winds up dead. Yeah. And there's another this bit. Does Ed not uh, say that to Pete as well? He's like, next time I see him, he's dead. Ah, uh, yeah, they do that in uh, Hot Fuzz quite a lot as well, um, to kind of foreshadow it. See the, see the guy who was getting mad, was he getting married, and he had one arm, and you see uh -huh. him at the bus stop, and then in the shop. Yeah. 
Um, I can't remember where I, I, I can't remember where I saw this. I guess maybe just didn't listen to a few YouTube videos. Uh, apparently, he's an amputee in real life. Like he's only got one arm. It wasn't just like put on for the scene. Yeah, I heard that as well. Actually, there's mm. been. Actually, I was going to say, do you not see him in the shop with two arms? But no, he's he must got, be hiding he, the arm. He, he, he's got like it's not like a sling or something. I don't know because he's in his wedding suit, isn't he? You're saying. Mm. Well, they we're talking about favorite scenes, man. Like, I love that scene, like the kind of normality one, and then the kind of reverse. And Sean's mm. just so oblivious because he's got a raging hangover. <laughs> um, and it's just the wee details, you know what I mean? Like. You see the guy out cleaning his windscreen, and then the next day you see him, the windscreen's all smashed in and stuff like that. <laughs> it's just sweet, the wee kind of, the wee nods, and I love it. That's, that's my favourite scene, definitely. Yeah. To be honest, I think that would be me. I would be completely oblivious to a zombie apocalypse, just walking about, <laughs> <laughs> headphones <Yeah>. in. <laughs> uh... And I'd be like, be like oh, did, I, did I do this on my night out when I got home? Like, did I knock these bikes over? What, what is all this? It was just such an, because uh, obviously he's walking from the house where they've just had the first uh, Cornetto scene, but it was just such a genius way to create. It's like the most randomly created like motif for a, a trilogy ever, having like the different colored Cornettos. Aye, yeah. Because, uh, oh. uh, and it, I reckon it's had a very positive. Uh, impact on the sales of Cornettos because I've definitely, I think I only started eating them after I'd seen these movies and I still buy them every now and again because of this movie so I think they've got a lot to thank uh, Peg and Wright for So you're propping up the Cornetto company, is that what it is? Yeah, <laughs> got, got me some shares I don't know who owns Cornetto brand, I should probably know that Simon Peg. I recently found out they did have Cornettos in America which is shocking not? No Oh, that that's a yeah. I'd be interested to see how how this film's kind of humor is viewed in different uh, places. I'm actually surprised they didn't try and do an American remake. Oh god! Oh, Sean, they did. Oh, don't, don't put that out in the universe. It's still coming out. That'd be awful. <laughs> I know. It'd be like the Inbetweeners all over again. The, the oh, American. No. I've actually got quite fond memories of the American Inbetweeners, not because it was good, oh, but no. uh, me, me, and Mikey used to watch it after work on a Sunday with like Doritos and dip. It was awful. But uh, who owns Cornetto? Oh, Are you actually looking up who owns Cornetto in the middle of the podcast? Yeah, <laughs> answering the burning questions. <laughs> I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna tell you now. Elon Musk. No, it's not. Um, There's microchips in your Cornetto. <laughs> The what's interesting is obviously this film is described as a rom zomcom, which is like the coolest genre title ever. Um, so you can watch it at Halloween, you can watch it Valentine's Day, um, you can watch it any time of the year, really. But do you know, I think it does a good job at having like a decent kind of love story, um, and kind of character development within the kind of ridiculous nature, yeah. I mean, watching this now, like in like my late twenties, versus when I was like a teenager, it, like did kind of struck me. I think uh, <laughs> Sean, I think Liz gave Sean a bit <laughs> too much, um, like credit. I don't know, uh, I, but it is. I I'm split with it because you know, just like being older, watching the relationships, I'm like, ah, there's some toxic traits here. <laughs> but in the end, I think it was cute because like. Who like 
who knew like a zombie apocalypse is what like takes a guy uh, takes for a guy to like commit and get his ass off the sofa and stuff like that like just like a world ending event and then suddenly <laughs> you get your shit together but um no no it is a quite sweet one and it's just like realized it's like the only love story in the Cornetto trilogy. No, you've got um, Nick Angel and Danny Butterman and Hot Fuzz. That's very true. There's nothing in World's End, no. It's just Gary and his ex. You've got uh, thing, the king from House of the Dragon, Paddy Considine's character and. The other guy's sister, Martin Freeman's sister, and that there kind of have a story, I suppose. Oh, is that Rosamund Pike? Uh, Rosamund Pike and Paddy Considine, yeah. I forgot she was in the world's end. He said that. Yeah. Um, oh, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying it was a great relationship as such, but um, it kind of it kept the story grounded a wee bit because it was kind of in the kind of normal life. Um. It does. It does. Sell, I suppose it anchors the film because the start is her saying he kind of needs to step up, and then the end is them kind of like getting back together and kind of living together. It looks like. Yeah. The only thing I don't like is like the whole thing was she wanted to go do things and that have a bit of excitement, and then the zombie apocalypse. I suppose was exciting, but in the end up they just end up on the couch, lazing about. Going to the pub and that, and it's just kind of like so. In the end, Sean's philosophy won, uh-huh. even though it wasn't the greatest philosophy. And I was like, seems a bit, a bit naff. You'd want you'd want Sean and Liz to actually go do things, but they end up just kind of wasting away into the couple that they were going to be at the start. But um, think about it after like, the COVID pandemic, like we were at the time, everyone was like, "Oh, we'll go do this, we'll go do that." Um, but then afterwards, you can end up just doing the same things anyway, didn't you? I know, but still. <laughs> so true. Did, did you notice just... that the film? Did you notice the film starts and ends with him yawning? Yes. <laughs> no. At the very start, he's yawning because he's lazy and unmotivated, and then at the end of the film, he's just yawning because he wants to stretch. But it's at the start and end. Oh, I thought you meant like the very start and the very end because like it's not ending in the shed. The first time you see Sean, that's another one where he said, uh, "If you want it, I'm not going to do the bad quote because I'm not allowed to do that." But the uh, if you want to live like an animal, go live in the shed. And then at the end of the film, he lives in the shed. Uh, Yeah, I only caught that. That's that's watch around as well. Do you not get that one before? No, no, I didn't. I just didn't catch it, and I caught it, and I was like, "Oh yeah." There's so so much to unpack. I'm trying to think. There's probably there'll be more as well. Um, I like the exacerbate recurring motif as well. Oh yeah, Sean at the start and Ed at the end. Uh, Because Sean gets told what it is, but then Ed wasn't listening when he got told. So then he asked what it is later on. All right. Yeah. Yeah. When they've got the bottles to each other's necks, or the bottles and then rifles and. The corkscrews. So it's another line I love. Eh? Don't point the gun at Barbara. <laughs> oh yeah, and that's a that's a nod to Night of the Living Dead. Is that right? Because uh, when Ed goes, what is it? 
we're coming to get you, Barbara, down the phone. Mm. And that's what the guy says to Barbara at the start or the end of Night of Living Dead at the start. Do you know something I noticed? Um, do you know when? Do you know how he mixes the flowers up? He buys them for his mum and for Liz. Um, he chucks one of them in the bin. His mum actually picks it out the bin, like near the end of the film when they're going to the Winchester. The ones that were for her. I didn't think Sean bought flowers for Liz, did he? No, he bought two pairs, but then he gave Liz the ones that were meant for his mum. But he chucked what he thought were Liz's in the bin when they broke up. Oh, then, right, okay. I thought Sean, just, Sean, right. Sean's mum found it in the bin when they reached the pub. I see. I thought I only bought one for his mum and then gave it to Liz by accident when they broke up and then no. just gave it. Right. No, because he, he, he ordered two bouquets when he was in the in the shop. Right, got you. My bad. I missed that. There's so many things just kind of just float about with this one. I know. To be fair, it's such a good movie, man. How does it make you feel the scene where he's he's the most senior member of staff? Like we're both thirty-two. You said you're late twenties. Like it, it, it stings a wee bit when you realise you're now the senior member of staff. Yeah, it, it hurts. Like I mean, I'm turning twenty-eight this year, so any of was just like I'm I'm twenty-nine. I'm like oh. Okay, we're getting quite close <laughs> in age. Nothing, nothing at have my life sorted out. So nothing changes. Like we both had our thirtieth during COVID year, so like we couldn't even like have a a small gathering. Never mind a a big uh, party. Yeah, so we're gonna have thirty fifth, thirty fifth, thirty fifth parties instead. Bringing it back, world's end theme. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, oh, I, I, I actually did that with uh, a couple of our pals. We the weekend the World's End came out, we went to kind of twelve different pubs in the local area and had a drink in each. And we dressed. I had the white shirt and the red tie like Simon. My pal had the big black coat like Gary King. And there was no uh, there was no Nick Angel, unfortunately. Yeah, that's a crime. <laughs> Can't get it all. Uh, editing was the kind of last. So we, we've talked a lot about dialogue and foreshadowing. Um, what do you make of the editing, Paul, in the in the film and these kind of films in general? Obviously, Edgar Wright is known for his quick cuts, um, and kind of fast paced uh, editing. See, I, I pay, I'm terrible at talking about the, the, these kind of uh, you ins and outs of cinema. I just like talking about the movie itself. But I like you notice it kind of well. First time I noticed it was when was it he's just making a cup of tea or something and it's just like uh, shooting the milk into the fridge and stuff and it's like it's unnecessary but it's cool. Um, and then just like I'm talking about uh, when I was saying about the quotes when he's talking about uh, it's not like I don't like Ed but you know and then it like just quickly cuts to Ed to the side. Just be things like that. I think it's really good. It's how uh, the characters just kind of pan into the shot, like horizontally. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then, like I said, the kind of Winchester end when it's like the darts and stuff like that, or just like that. Like those kind of scenes about a shot. And uh, Simon Pegg's reactions are pretty good for, like, I think it's pretty on point for somebody to get stabbed in the head with a dart. I'd imagine that'd be pretty sore. 
Um, but yeah, it's just a typical echo, right? And it's just, everything's quick. Everything's good. Every shot has its meaning. There's nothing wasted. Uh, and I love it. What about you, Marie? What do you think? Yeah, I mean, with Edgar, right, you know you're going to get good editing. And it is, I mean, Sean is dead is like quite early in his career. And then you can see how it like develops into like Baby Driver, where nearly everything is like right in sync. Uh, in sync. And no, I, I do love like, I love like getting into the editing and uh, and seeing it. But like we've got, of course, the classic car shots and like like the quick zoom ins. But I I really like the editing and just it does just such a good job because like like translating the foreshadowing or like the like because you, you can see that the outbreak is happening from the very beginning, but it like subverts. Like we're Sean, we're not noticing it, and only only like l when you l look back, you see like the newspapers in the background, or like the all the different um, TV channels, and yeah, I think yeah, editing is just what Edgar Wright does best, and music, and this is like you can really see it, like the origins here. It's it's what made but the first time I watched Hot Fuzz, like I think that was like my like awakening as like a proper movie person. Like as before it was just like Star Wars and just like fun comedy movies. But I think this was the one that really got me into kind of like dissecting movies more. And um I, what I love about the cuts is it's always the most mundane things, as you said, like making a cup of tea, buttering your toast. Like I like that idea because like those are boring things in normal life, but it just kind of makes the boring seem a bit more exciting, which uh, I quite like as well. I thought now would be a good time to drop in the seismic statements, which is our term for just some of the bits of trivia, because I thought we could maybe just spin off some of them. You guys might have some extra wee bits you want to drop in as well. Uh, so Simon Pegg was asked why the zombies weren't fast attacking people. And this was a quote. Death is not an energy drink, was what he said. I like that, that logic. I like that, that logic. Reasoning. Um, apparently, there was almost a sequel to this, which I'm actually glad there wasn't, uh, which was meant to be called From Dusk Till Dawn. And this is a really cool fact, and I'm not claiming I knew these, so thank you to IMDb. Um, apparently, there's a poster for From Dusk Till Dawn Till Sean, sorry, not not Dawn, and Into the Spider Verse. Oh, Into the so Spider Verse, the first one. Yeah, the first one. So that's something to look out for next time you watch that one. Okay. A apparently Diane actually lives. There's like a kind of like sequel, like short story, where she stays in a tree. This is the best part. She eats David's leg to stay alive. And apparently she's still on Christmas card terms with Sean and Liz. Yeah. To be fair, I quite liked her character. She was alright. Like, even yeah. though she was going to be that ass David, she was actually alright. She came to sense uh, and actually started trusting Sean. Paul, this one will be your favourite. So, see when Ed's bitten in the pub? Yeah. The scream when he gets hurt, is taken from a character called Windows in the Thing. 
Oh, is Yeah. I found that one on IMDb. Interesting. I like that. I didn't know that. Paul, Paul I'm going to have to go back and listen to it now just for that. And the last one, uh, Edgar Wright has a voice cameo as the person on the phone when he's booking the meal at the restaurant. And he's also the guy that falls over. You know how there's like a Z-Day parade at the end? Apparently he's in that scene and falls over. No, no. So you go. That was just ones I picked out from IMDb anyway. I love wee fun facts like that. I like it when people can just have fun and just insert these wee bits and pieces just for the hell of it. I've actually got a, a graphic novel of uh, Shaun of the Dead. Which is pretty cool. So it's just the it's just the same story, but written in kind of comic book style. All right, it's a bit more graphic now. No, it's pretty much the same, but it's cool. I like the yeah. I like the illustrations. I like the pretty pictures. Is there any other tidbits you picked up from watching, reading IMDb, or listening to any other reviews? Who says I did any of that? <laughs> so you patched the hosting duties, and you didn't even do your. Your due diligence. I watched the movie. My opinions are my own. I have not been clouded or biased by any other media. I credited random YouTube video. So, <laughs> what about Maria? Have you got any nuggets of golden info there? I think we mentioned them all. Yeah, because I I am also someone who when like I can't sleep at night, I look up random bits of trivia. Like I knew the music thing, like how they shot the "Don't Stop Me Now." Um, which I thought was interesting, but I don't think I I know any other trivia. I've got a feeling that there's something about is it Big John the barman? Is he like a stuntman or something like an actual stuntman from back in the day? I've got a feeling that's a, a fact for some reason. I don't know why. I could be wrong, but I feel like he was a pretty decent stuntman back in the day. Possibly James Bond. I could be making that up, but I would James think it's James Bond's in the world's end. Is he? Pierce Brosnan. Oh, of course. Of course. Uh, there's, an, there's another couple of scenes that just came to mind. There was the whole thing about the the gun. Uh, about how it was actually loaded. And then he's obviously proved right. But there was the whole thing about... Um, was it Big John says dogs can't look up? They can. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a good one as well. Just try, just try to think of other wee wee things like that before we kind of close out. Uh, try to think of a mess. Like we've talked about the kind of main. Oh, I like the one where she was like, "You you said you promised you stopped smoking when I did. You said you do do do." And then he went. He just throws the cigarettes away and goes, "What else? What, what were the other ones?" <laughs> but in the end, um, she like has the cigarettes, which she got uh, trash. <laughs> Oh, there's yeah. a there's a the, there's a bit when Ed's been bit and they're having like their kind of like like couple moment at the end. He's like, I just just shoot me or something like that. <laughs> oh yeah, because it started with really like he's like, I don't mind being eaten, and they're talking about how they're gonna <laughs> shoot themselves each other, and then they're going, oh, you know, I love you and all that or something, or if we could be together again or something, and he's like. You know what? I think I'd, I don't mind being shot now. <laughs> I'd rather be shot. Yeah. There's the classic, the absolute classic line of uh, I'm sorry, Sean, which he does at the start and at the end. 
I'll stop doing it when you stop laughing. <laughs> uh, there's just like we actually have went on for over an hour just talking about some of the. I just talking quotes. Great, just say the entire script. Like it's weird. I I love hot fuzz and it's my favorite. But I don't know. I need to watch hot fuzz again soon because I I felt like I developed more love for this film. Not that I didn't have it, but. I always thought it was great, but I, I don't know. Maybe it's just when you're reviewing it, you do look into it that bit more. I, I guess it's just like Hot Fuzz, just on a smaller scale, a smaller budget scale, I'd say. But it has, I don't know, I feel like it has a lot more to offer just in the background why it's just these wee kind of wee bits and pieces. But Hot Fuzz is still amazing, though. Like, Hot Fuzz is still my favourite, so... Do you know yeah. it's an interesting uh, thing? Do you know how the whole the plan gag? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was thinking it's a wee bit similar to the guy from Ant-Man that comes up with the wee stories. But then I oh, thought yeah. Edgar Wright was originally directing Ant-Man. So I'm wondering if that was something he brought over. It probably was, wasn't it? Because that's all quick cuts as well. Because uh, he, he did the original... Um, he was originally, I think he fell out of our creative differences or something, but he yeah. was it Peyton Reed, the guy that directed some of the Mandalorian. Was he not the director of that man? Yeah, yeah, I was. Uh, so my man, he was saying. Great movie. Um, Try to think what else. There's just so much. I'm kind of like, now I'm like, I don't, I hope, I don't want to miss something that we'll look back and be like, oh, I wish we'd talked about that one. It's all right, we can always do that part too. <laughs> Was Sean's yeah. plan good? It wasn't. Like we can agree that that was a terrible. He lived. He lived. Just well, oh, two people out of what party of six? <laughs> was there not should a line? Should have followed the one. Was there not a line about David being like torn apart or ripped apart? Or there was there was a foreshadowing line to do with David getting torn apart, and I can't remember what it was. Probably. I can't remember the specific line. Um. Is there probably something about it tears you up inside about Liz or something like that? I don't know. I can't remember what it was. That's like the only like proper gory part in the movie. If mm-hmm. like you asked me, like him getting like ripped apart from the inside. Other than that, I think the horror is quite tame. But then, yeah, it's sat- it was quite a satisfying moment, though, wasn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. there's that bit. Why is there just a couple of bites, and then there's the the couple outside the Winchester on the first night, isn't it? When his head kind of flops off. And it looks like they're just making out, and then the head comes clean off. Oh, I just remembered another scene. They just keep coming back. It's uh, when they, they think a drunk guy is approaching them, and they're like, do 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 Oh, and the bit when they're in the pub, and he's talking about how he got dumped, and he's like, not the end of the world. And then the big hand <laughs> comes up at the window. Sorry, we're closed. <laughs> like that bit. Have you ever used that quote in real life when like a song comes on at a bar that reminds you of like a sad time in your life and some random <laughs> No. I've definitely yeah. had those moments where I generally <laughs> think like the radio's calling me out or something. Like <laughs> I just remembered another one as well when a uh, 
when just before Don't Stop Me Now finishes, I think uh, Sean goes kill the Queen or something like that, and then they turn it off. They turn off the the music. Is it? Like that. How do they do not turn it off? Do not smash Big John into yeah, it yeah. to stop it. Uh, but, but there's a there is a line that goes like kill the kill the Queen or something like that, yeah. which I thought was a reference to Queen. Mm-hmm. All right, okay. It's just amazing that somebody thought of all these wee gags and thought, if we say this thing here, we can use it later on and all that. It's just mental as something that somebody so clever could do that. I often yeah. wonder, how, all this. wonder how long it would have taken to written like to write that script. Like, the movie the, itself is not very long. It's like an hour and thirty minutes, but it's like packed mm. so much into it that me, me and Paul are in an awkward position where our our other halves both hate Simon Pegg and I cannot work it out because he's a great writer, great direct, um, great actor. He's also a decent guy as well. He was one of the super rich that was saying he was up. He wanted to up the tax, the, the kind of the tax for the rich and things like that. So like, I just don't get it. Yeah, you got a signed letter from him too. Got a signed letter from him too. <laughs> That's a uh, Patreon story. That one. but we had a couple of uh, just before we close out a couple of things on not too many on Twitter but a few Uh, so Kevin and Jason says I'd say my second favourite in the Cornetto trilogy love the Ed and Sean bromance it really is a fun ride even with all the Z words mucking about we're not using the Z word (laughs) Um. Marie yourself said the Batman soundtrack, throw it. And then you later said, honestly, as a diehard Batman fan, and I'm a little offended. Project Football Podcast, oh, used the classic line, how's that for a slice of fried gold? And I replied, yeah, boy. He, boy. Uh, and that was really it in terms of the, the comments. Uh, uh, Project Football also said, what did he say? He also wanted to say that. Can I get any of you a drink? But you didn't think that'd be appropriate for the podcast. I'm surprised, surprised you didn't say it. Me too. Character growth. Yep. I'm growing right, up. We're reaching that time where we do our seismic stars, as cringy as it sounds, um, where we give uh, the film a rating out of 10. And Marie, the guest always goes first, unless you want thinking time, in which case Paul can go first. Yeah, and as well as scale is like, it's not as if you're comparing it to other things, it's just what you feel it is to you kind of thing, it's not like saying 10 is it's the best shot thing ever in the world ever, it's better than uh, like Oscar winners and all that kind of stuff, it's just what you feel it is to you, so that's our scale Uh, I think I would go with a 9 out of 10 just for the reason that horror is not my genre. So I, I, I have, even though I love this movie, it's for me not like an everyday watch because, um, yeah, I, I don't do well with horror. Although last night I think I did all right watching it on my own. But <laughs> yeah, so I, I would say... Oh, yeah, I would say nine out of ten, but although it's like on the cusp of a ten out of ten, because it's it's just brilliant. Nine point five. <laughs> Was that your score, Colin? No, I'm just saying if she thinks it's 
closer to 10 then 9.5 would work wouldn't 9. it 9.5 yeah let's go with yeah. 9.5 <laughs> twist your arm <laughs> may fall off <laughs> but we appreciate, we appreciate we appreciate you braven braven watching it by yourself for this podcast <laughs> we really do and, and braven coming on here as well yeah oh i had fun despite the technical right. difficulties <laughs> bla- bla- blame it on the z word <laughs> so is it me now is it mm-hmm. so i would give it Do, 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 I'm going to say, uh, I'm going to say, I'm going to give it a nine point five as well. Actually, I'm going to just copy Marie. Um, the only bit it's dropping points for me is because, like I said, I didn't, I didn't like the way it ended with Liz and Sean just being lazy bums instead of going out and doing something. They just kind of reverted back to Winchester. Let's just go to Winchester and chill out and not do it and, and me being a, just a spoil sport I'd be like see through this whole movie like there's so many times they should have died and they just didn't die because of plot armor man like there's hordes of zombies and like Sean could just like walk through them and not get touched um, yeah, where he's like distracting them and running them running away I was like that was very plot armor I was just like oh. yeah <laughs> And like you're saying, if Diane's still alive, she did. She must have done the exact same. Uh, like when Ed takes the phone call when they're trying to get into the Winchester, the zombies are all just standing there looking at them rather than doing it. And, and like the zombies, you know, like I know, I know it's for the scene, like when they're throwing the vinyls at them and that, and they're, they're just taking their time throwing things at them. But they take like an age to get across that small garden. Like they're just like taking like baby steps through the gardens. Zombies. Those are the zombies that I would like to encounter. I think I would survive those zombies. Like, last yeah, of the I, zombies, I'd be dead. Shaun of the Dead zombies, I think I could go, go, be okay. Yeah, we don't need no zombie land rules here. We don't need no cardio. We can just walk past them. Paul, <laughs> do, do you know what that made me think of? I love the bit where... Because, like, when Peg's leading them away, it's like it's like a kind of, like... It's like a, like a... I don't know, like a festival, like a, some kind of march, and they're following the, the person speaking, but see when they're playing don't stop me now and it flashes to the zombies and it's like they're like at a disco and they're all raving oh i when david's flat, uh, flicking the fuses ah uh, yeah that's a good bit as well it's all good man what's your score then the movie does not have one bad scene i don't know what i gave hot fuzz which has always been my favorite because I, I, I didn't actually mention my story at the start uh, i'll give you the abridged version uh, i saw hot fuzz first Got out the the I got out the bargain bucket and blockbusters like, um, which happens in the reverse because Shaun of the Dead's in the the deep bargain DVD bucket and Hot Fuzz. It's like a Spanish version of it. Um, where am I going with this? Uh, yeah, I love Hot Fuzz, so I probably gave that a ten. But I enjoyed this movie even more on reflection. I think it was a great movie to dissect and review because there's just so much happened in it. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna give it a ten because I think Paul was nitpicking there. Right, it's just a happy hang spot. I know it's like I, know, but I, I think I think it deserves a ten. Like I think just it's so clever, so fast paced, so funny, um, and it still retains a wee bit. Like it's still quite scary, not scary, but like the zombies, the the threat is real, and 
Um, there are some kind of like like when the, he has to shoot the mum and different things like there there are like bits that are quite um, intense as well. So I'm giving it a ten. It's fair enough. To be fair, I think we're all on the cusp of giving it a ten. Now. Like you giving it a ten, but like I said, we're me and Maria, the real movie critics here, we were actually critical of it. <laughs> Not easily satisfied. <laughs> <laughs> No, I, I am. I am critical of things when it comes to it. Just um, a joke, a joke's fallen. I, I didn't have a lot to uh, to criticize here. I didn't think. A joke's my brother. Oh. A joke's. Oh, oh, that was a joke. Okay. If, right. Uh, if, um, if I have a choice between to watch Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz, I would always choose Hot Fuzz. Or just get two TVs and put them on at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even own one Mate. now. I just have a laptop. <laughs> laptop and the phone. That'll work. Uh, right. So, yeah, we're just going to do the kind of closing out. Uh, so, we are Seismic Cinema, and you find us on all the usual social medias. And you can listen to us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Pods, and everywhere else. Uh, just a reminder about the Pod Pack Collective, including two girls, one reusable cup. So, make sure you give us a follow, a subscribe, a like, and a share. Um, and, yeah, Marie, just want to thank you for giving up your time and coming on and talking Shaun of the Dead Buzz. <laughs> Absolutely, anytime. Like, of course, the internet is working fine now, <laughs> so a <laughs> bit annoyed about that. But yeah, anytime. And I would happily go come back. I'm already inviting myself back if you're reviewing <laughs> Paul because I do really I'd, like that movie. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be up for that, yeah. Um, yes, 100%. Very enjoyable. Um, and... Next up for us, Paul, is uh, the dark room next next Friday, um, and that's where we're at. So we're just going to close out with our our slogan, which I thought I created. Yeah, I did. Look what I done here, Paul. So we are Seismic Cinema, and we believe in the power of escapism. So thank you Escaping for joining those us. Zombies. Yeah. Oh, you stole my line. I was going to say that. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, thank you guys, and we'll see you next time. Yep, thank you. Players one, two, and three are leaving the game. Oh, that's good. <laughs> Mum, have you been bitten? No, but Philip has. Oh, okay. Has she been bitten? No, Philip has. Oh, okay. <laughs>